Hello and welcome to Forward. Our guest today is Gonja Gulsar, co-founder of Queen AI. Queen is an audience engine that understands real customers, their needs and their intentions. Queen leverages behavioral customer data to deliver targeted actionable insights and the strongest possible conversions to the merchants. Gonja studied organizational research at the London School of Economics and worked as data scientist at various organizations for 20 years before starting Queen with her sister Gulsha. While running Queen, Gorja still finds time to work as a part-time instructor at Bagazici University. In this episode, we talk about the challenges e-commerce merchants face when leveraging their data and how applying machine learning models can boost their performance by tens of percents in weeks. What is hourly seasonality and why it is important? How COVID became the trigger to start Quinn and how 20 years of work experience instruct Gonja's approach to designing the company's culture. Gonja, welcome to the show. Hello. Let's start with the current state of e-commerce data. This is an industry rich with data, and over the years, the amounts of data available to the merchants grew substantially. But merchants' abilities to leverage the data didn't always keep up. What kind of issues do you see with the data practices in e-commerce? What are the main challenges? And what approaches to address these challenges evolved over time? Yeah, really, this is not even specific for e-commerce. It's for an each and in every sectors and companies. So they collect their data. So the collection and also storage units just right now is cheap enough to store all data available, but they they have no idea what they will do with this data. Right now in the e-commerce, they use standard analytics tools like Google Analytics and the others, and they just have some information and collect their information. I mean, collect the information about how their visitors do their purchase. But it is they, they, they see it as a kind of a linear process. So it's like visit the website, add the basket, and do the checkout steps and then purchase completed. So they try to understand, to make sense out of what is going on there. But actually, they're not focused on right now the actual reasons why they're there, what is their intent, what their customers do there. And also, they're more focused on the demographics of the data, the demographics of, of their, their customers, the age, gender, or where the, the location of the customer. But, you know, after the... Um, data regulations around the world so now we are not do not have kind of an access to those uh, those information and also it is not you know permitted actually by the authorities to use this information and also enrich their data with their with third party or second party data for data providers so this is actually now uh, forbidden right now they are just using the product information, and they do some segmentation based on their historical, the, the customer's historic uh, data. But, you know, world is super fast, you know, after pandemic, especially the, many people experience e-commerce and online shopping as well. So lots of different segments, lots of different type of customers appear on the platforms. And also they have to, they, they see a totally different kind of customer behaviors and customer profiles that they, they haven't experienced before. 
So what they have to do is they need to analyze their real-time behavior of their customers. And most of them are anonymous customers. They don't know who they are. When they are not logging, they have no idea who they are, what they are doing, and why they are they're doing this one. And, uh, you know, leveraging their historic data is also time-consuming and expensive. And there is no kind of, you know, evidence that one customer comes and the next time in, you know, in two days, three days, four days time, they come again and again. So it is not a kind of a recurrent process for the customer as well. So becoming a customer for an e-commerce is a totally different issue. What they really need is to understand the real-time behavior and intention of their customer and provide their offers based on this real-time behavior of them. So Queen actually solves this problem in addition to this security, uh, the, the, the regulations, the uh, data privacy regulations problem. What we are doing is we are not rely on historic data or demographics or any kind of data about the customer. Uh, what Queen does, the Queen algorithm does, just focus on the in-session behavior at that very moment and try to understand what their customer really want to do, what their needs, their intentions, and also provide our customers, the companies, give offers at the right moment to their customers as well to just convert them or you know make them happy. That's definitely an issue for e-commerce dealing with a lot of data on one hand and the much tougher regulation on the other hand. So they definitely need something to better leverage what data they have and get maximum out of it. I'm curious what parts of the marketing components you're focused on. In e-commerce, we can talk about customer acquisition, engagement, upsell, cross-sell, re-engagement. Which of those components you focused on? Yeah, we are mostly focused on not the acquisition part. We are actually we are analyzing the 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 session behaviors in the in the in the website. So for the new users and for returning customers, whether they are new or returning, it doesn't matter for us. So we can analyze their behavior. So we we are working for actually retention and also increase the customer conversions. And our customers are quite right now creative in that sense. So they start using Queen and Queen's audiences, Queen's an audience engine. So it, is, it creates audiences actually who are close to buy, who, who are close to upsell or who are close to sign in or login or you know, sign up for a newsletter or any sort of information it produces. So our customers use right now Queen, Queen's audiences for uh, digital marketing purposes as well and uh, target their customers in, on internet, on uh, display media. So uh, they use uh, Queen's refined customers. Since the you know, display media, you know, CPM price, prices is just high right now. So they just use our uh, data for refining. And also for retention purposes as well. If they see that this is the first time purchaser, they say that they give any kind of voucher or uh, you know, benefit for uh, triggering their retention purposes as well. So for any purposes, they can use the queen 
And also one of our customers, interestingly, use the Queen to enrich their offline data as well. They, they are omnichannel uh, players. They have big stores as well. Uh, and also they use all the information that we've created to enrich their offline data as well. And by offline data, you mean POS system data? Uh, they are CRM data, actually. They are, uh, they are CRM data. The data they use in the store, in, in physical stores as well. Talk about your concept of shifting the focus from what to why. Yeah, what we are doing is uh, we are focusing on what they are doing, like abandoning their journey. Uh, and, uh, you know, we are focusing on intention, their intention their buying intention, their sign-up intention, or any kind of intention. And also, we we give information about why they are doing this. For example, when a, we, we flag a customer like an abandoner and say, okay, th- this person come to your website to buy something, but they won't buy, the, the person won't buy. So, and we say why? Because the price level is so high, so you need to give a discount. Or we can say that they are not sure about the return policy, so you need to assure them that they can return and they have a free return in, let's say, 14 days or something like that. So the action part, they, they are free to do anything, but we also give the reason why the customer don't buy or why the customer buy. or if And we, we, we also say that, okay, they buy this certain product, but they can do additional one. So you can do the upsell and, and increase their wallet share as well. So this is our concept. Because the thing is, the what they are doing, the knowing what they are doing is easier than why. And if you know why, so you can hyper-personalize your offers based on the, the, the answer. So that's why the Queen's success comes from, actually. So this is the secret sauce, the hyper-personalization of the targeting. You also talk about individual level insight. Is this the hyper-personalization part? Exactly. So we score every... In- each session. We can call it like a segment of one. For each session, for us, it's a unique thing, a unique journey. So each session's unique journey has their different time to need help or to you 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 you, you can offer the your campaign or anything. So the queen observes every single session and decide based on the session's unique behavior. So this is the the most important part of it, actually. Within e-commerce, is there any customer profile that is best fit for the Queen platform? Maybe the size of organization or sophistication of data science function? Actually, it is an off-the-shelf product, so you don't need to have any very fancy data scientists. If you have, we are happy to have them. So we have a nice discussion and also they help us to just improve our product in uh, the technical terms. But if, you, if there is no, it doesn't matter. So this is a self, fully autonomous product. And the only thing that we need from our customer side is if they have any kind of a tag management tool. So it is easy. It is the, the thing is only we need so we can plug the queen in via any kind of tag manager and then 
start to learn their traffic, their website, their their products, their price levels and everything. So we don't need any kind of the outside, the external feeds, product feeds or category feeds or price feeds. We learn from everything from website and plus the visitor's behavior as well. Uh, right now, the, this, the current product works really well if the monthly traffic is about 200k. Uh, because uh, the, the reason is that we need data to learn. So if you have more than 200K traffic per month, so it is easy for us to learn. Uh, I mean, it takes like five or seven days to learn all your traffic. Learning is a continuous process. We keep on learning, but what we call is a cold learning period uh, without any action. So it takes like uh, five to seven days for uh, those. If you have about 200 traffic per month, it's easy to use quick. If you have less, you need to wait to learn a little bit more. That makes sense. You do need reasonable amounts of data to train the systems. Yeah. And now we are working on another, you know, uh, products for smaller accounts so that they they can uh, benefit from uh, machine learning technologies and all those, you know, uh, good, good, good stuff. And as far as what we observe from uh, the, you know, sector, those, the, the smaller companies need more because they have less human power, so less analysis power. So, you know, leaving all, the, all those things to a machine is kind of a, a wise choice for them. So right now what we are uh, working on is a transfer learning. So we, we try to develop a kind of a pre-trained model to use for, uh, for each of, uh, of them. So hopefully in the near future, we will sort this problem out as well. Yeah, that's exciting future for the smaller merchants that are often overlooked because of their lack of sufficient data. Tell us more about your deep learning models that you use at Queen and how they help power the Queen's uh, technology. We are actually a predictive analytic tool, I mean, at the very basic. Now, when we talk about the customer journey, we always drive it, uh, draw it like a you know, linear one, but it's not a linear one. It's a kind of a loop. And they come in uh, back and forth and do lots of different stuff. And it's not a you know, uh, kind of a linear journey. So we have a model to capture this non-linearity as well. Now, here's the technical bit. So we are deploying uh, recurrent neural networks and many other algorithms as well. So, but basically, you know, our modeling family is this. So, so what we are benefiting from this, uh, the, the, the power of actually uh, the, the, the machine learning algorithms. We can make sense out of uh, the data, the massive amount of data with uh, huge variable sets. Like uh, we can handle like 15,000, we, we can manage to build 15,000 variables for, for a you know, mid-size account company and then manage all, the, all their data. Let's talk about how this immense ability of uh, your system helps your customers in real life. What benefits do your customers see after implementing it? At the very beginning, they usually use the our system to our system to just you know increase their revenue. So everyone to increase their 
after to you know increase of their uh, conversion rate and also revenue as well. So at the very beginning, we always do this prevention of the abandonment or increase the conversion rate thing. In a very short period of time, like five days or so, they, you know, after plugging the twin, after the learning, the, the cold part completed within the five days, they immediately start to see the benefits, actually. And our incremental revenue, of course, differs from uh, different sectors, but it is roughly between 10 and 15%. And in some of our clients, which use full utility, like upsells, and uh, the other, you know, reassurance campaigns and all that stuff. If you use the, if they use the engine in full force, they they can uh, benefit up to thirty percent of their incremental revenue and also customer satisfaction as well. This is very impressive numbers. Yeah. How long does it usually take them to get to that level of performance from the moment that they start engaging with you? Actually. When they start engaging with us, it takes like five to 10 days to plug in the Queen via their GTM. In some of our clients, it just takes one day. So it is really easy. It depends on their workload. And the, the moment that they plug the Queen via a tag manager, then uh, we have a cold run period, like five days or seven days, depends on their traffic and learning performance. And then after the seven days, it is ready to take actions. So the first action part is uh, we are a little bit we, we we are a little bit cautious because this learning is still continuous. We are a little bit cautious in the first two or three days. Then everything just starts full force, and you know after all, uh, and then they immediately begin to use it for increasing conversion increasing the basket size or for the reassuring for any, any kind of purposes or selling even a specific product or something. So in less than a month, they will see tangible results. Yeah, definitely, in less than a month. Uh, one of our customers uh, used like full force, like Queen. So it takes, for the full force to use it, it, it takes like one and a half months to use everything and they benefit like 30% incremental revenue and we are working with them like a one and a half year and every single month it is like between 25 and 30% incremental in generates for them it's a continuous thing not one time uh, benefit you mean they continue to improve to... month over month exactly. their performance exactly. do you measure some baseline performance how the system would have done without queen versus how it's doing with queen or they just measure like some incremental performance regardless of with queen or without queen actually we have their we know their baseline so we are also we always go with the a b tests as well so we know their baseline performance without queen how the traffic performs, we know this, with Kuhn, how it performs. So we always do the A-B tests together. Sometimes they also we, we also can make stress tests, like uh, increase the, uh, the, the control group versus the audience level is 50%, for example. So we can do the stress tests or we can sometimes what, what we do is just we just 
run pin one week, then close it, then run another campaign and compare. Or we can run the, the, the test at the same time. So we always test, actually. So okay. don't do anything with, if you cannot measure, don't do it. So we are good at measuring, actually. That's definitely true. Measurement, it's, it's hard to call yourself a data company if you cannot measure properly the incremental difference that you bring to customers. So that makes sense. Now, talking about data privacy, data privacy practices are a big focus for Queen. Talk about your approach to data privacy, what e-commerce, and how do you see it evolving in the future? Yeah, actually, it is, you know, I've been working in the sector for 20 years. So I do the, exactly the same thing for lots of different companies. And and at the very beginning, we start, I started in aviation for Virgin Atlantic and Turkcell and, and the banking and, you know, all those regular, highly regulated environments. And in those highly regulated environments, we weren't allowed to use that, uh, this, you know, the, the private data like gender, age, and all sorts of stuff. At the very beginning, we did use, actually, to be honest, but they, they create high bias, actually. So, and luckily, the, the regulation agencies, you know, the government say, okay, don't use private data because, you know, we need to secure our privacy. It is a good for, you know, it's for our good, the, all the world's good, the humanity's good to, to preserve our privacy, actually. So while we are designing Queen, we are very cautious about this issue. And also we, we try to be very ethical, not in terms of what our, our uh, algorithms produce, but also at the data, at the very you know, uh, basic level. We are very cautious about the data that we use and we make sure that it is ethical as well. The results are ethical and the uh, the, the data that we use is privacy safe. And, the, you know, the old queen is ethical by design. We don't use any kind of information, any kind of personal information, age, gender, demographics, where your location and anything. We only use the click stream, clicking patterns. That's all what we use, actually. So, in, and if you, you don't give a, any kind of a consent for tracking in the website, queen cannot track you as well so we are very cautious about this gotcha and what do you think about the future of data privacy in e-commerce and in the internet overall actually i'm not to be honest i'm not really sure about what's what will going on so but because they're always you know good and bad Things will happen, and the the usage for the sake of good and the, for the sake of bad. So it's like everything. Every time it will happen. But as a internet users, as we are, so we have to be very careful about the consent that we are giving, what we put on the internet, and everything. So first, we need to be very cautious about that, and also uh, as a community, as a society. We need to regulate this environment as well. Right. Uh, I think there is a place for some personalization with consent. If I, as a user, want my personalization, I would like to benefit from 
personal offers and I consent to share some piece of my data, that's fine. Exactly. I mean, what we are doing is exactly this thing. If you let us to track you on the internet, on a, on a website, we track you and we understand what you need, what you want, what kind of offer you need, at what price level and everything. And then we personalize at that moment, instantly actually, personalize the offer and give the offer to you. But it's not based on your gender or identity or you know anything really personal. So that's what we are really cautious about. Gotcha. As you've built in Queen and implementing it at first customers, I'm curious, were there any things, any customer feedback that dramatically changed how you build the platform, the features you incorporate? Yeah, actually, yeah, actually, all the time, customers, customer feedback just, you know, uh, make the pro- product a product. A, not a perfect, there's not a perfect product, a kind of a, you know, tangible product. Actually, yes, we really customer feedback is really important for us. And they always give feedback to, to us to do this, do that, do like that. And they and their needs and everything's changing. There's a kind of a huge environment and it's changing. So so we always listen to them and look at, at, at the, the from their point of view as well. The recent example is one of our clients experience real really big conversion rate fluctuation based on time. And they were like, uh, the, you know, they ask for a help and they say that, okay, we need to do something to just, you know, flatten the conversion rate. And what we did is we we, we tried with them to just tweak our model a little bit based on the 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 seasonality by hour, actually. Uh, Queen uses seasonality by months, but for the hours, <laughs> seasonalities, and we use uh, this information. And it really makes a huge difference and creates a big success for them as well. And now they are conversion rates, and for hour and hour is now flatter, and then they are happy to, to, with, with the results. Right now, after that, now we are, we will uh, develop another, uh, you know, put another aspect to our model with them as well to just uh, make it perfect. Hourly seasonality. This is an exactly. interesting concept for sure. Exactly. You know, as a statistician, I don't have a concept like that. But now, I mean, in their reality, this happens. This happens definitely. So, okay. Let's talk about the origins of Queen. What was the trigger for you and Gulsa to start the company? Okay, I was now I was working for e-commerce for like five years. You know, after banking and telecom. So what we are using in banking and banking and telecom, they are more they are more like subscription businesses. So we know the past of the, of the customer. But in e-commerce, lots of people are uh, anonymous. We don't have their past. Nothing is there. And But there is a huge traffic, huge data they collected, but they, they don't make sense out of it. They only know the, you know, this clicking, uh, the, the, the buying behavior, the, the purchasing steps, and also where they come from, the age, whatever it is. And also they really need to give a kind of an instant action, instant offer. 
to the visitors because it's like in e-commerce, like shopping is like a shopping in a in a high street. You know, uh, like imagine you you want to buy a sneakers in a high street, let's say. So if you don't like Nike and you know left store, then Adidas is there. The other big store is there. Foot Locker is there, and everything is there. So it's exactly the same. So you don't have any kind of a luxury to just lose your customer to the others. The others are there and quite near to them as well. So while I was working, the, everything in my mind is just because I was managing the data and you know all the analytics and everything and campaigns, the, the digital campaigns as well. So the, the, every, every time this, this thing was in my mind and I started to work on this actually at the very beginning, it was super costly. So we tried to figure out, uh, we tried to actually, the, not the modeling perspective, but the data, data processing perspective, this real time instant, you know, big amount of data. So we need to find a solution to just, and to decrease the cost of the, the, the whole operation, actually. So we need to solve this engineering problem. So with our colleagues, now we are working together as well. Embra, we solved this problem, actually. And then, uh, yeah, solved the engineering problem. And then, and decreased the cost significantly. So it allows us to even go for the smaller accounts, uh, not only giants like, you know, giant firms, but also the sizable smaller accounts as well. So that's how we actually started and was there some moment that you remember when you said, okay, this thing seems to work, it deserves a full, my full attention, and this is when we're going full focus. Now it's a company, it's no longer an experiment. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the very beginning, I had the sense, I mean, I developed the model, I put in work, and it works. And I had the sense of the feeling of, yes, it will work. And luckily, actually, pandemic happened. <laughs> and now, and we're just locked down. And I quit my job at the March 2020, you know, at the, the moment that, you know, just lockdown started. And I quit my job and I worked full force at home about the queen we together. And then we developed the first platform and we con contact with one of our, uh, and also our friends. They have a big uh, instru musical instrument company in Turkey and they experienced a huge traffic since their stores were closed. So their online traffic was huge and they had no idea what they would do. And then we talk with them and they say, okay, let's test it here. Then we start testing there and it just like, it, it worked. And we start selling pianos and guitars. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, selling a piano is just a big thing. Then after that, we went to the uh, one of the biggest companies in Turkey and we pitched our idea and they said, OK, let's try it. And thanks to them, actually, Coach Tash, uh, they trusted us. And also we give a shot and now we are still working with them. And then, and they help us really, you know, make uh, the, the, the evolving our product. And they still do. 
And yeah, and it's those like that. That's definitely unusual for a large e-commerce company, national size, to engage some small, unknown startup. Exactly, that they're great. And and in the pandemic, their website traffic is just booming and everything is like that. So they're great. Yeah, <laughs> thanks to them. Thanks to them for sure. Definitely. How did you build your initial team that time? What qualities were you looking for in those first team members? Yeah, our first team members are the ones who are close to each other, like my sister. I know uh, her from my sister's birth, actually. And also she's a, you know, I, I know her like she's resilient. She's just really, you know, tough girl, hardworking, and she can do it. I know, I know her very much. And I said, okay, she's the she's right person. And also for the technical side with Emra, we, we are talking too much and we worked for a long time. And I know her, his job very, you know, he's very diligently working and very, he, he knows uh, what he's doing. And he believes the idea. Actually, believing the idea is important. And our first employees, like Budish and uh, also uh, Yels as well, they are just, they believe the idea. They say that, okay, it makes sense. Yes, we can do this. So believing something is important. And since then, we are working all together. It is very little what a small company just starting can offer to the employees beyond the idea. Uh, and the promise of the great future. So you do need the first employees who will share your idea and believe in it because there is not much else you can offer them to incentivize them to join. That's for sure. Exactly. You know, no, there's no money. There's no money, no company, no customer, nothing, just an idea. And you say that, okay, we can do this. Why? But, you know, they believe the idea. They believe what we can do together. So, yeah, that's that. Yeah, and that belief also helps when times get tough. And they do from time to time for every startup. Uh, And then that belief in the idea is actually, and belief in the team and the team spirit, are those things that hold the company together through those tough times. And as well as company's culture. So talking about the culture, I know that it's a crucial part for you guys. And one of the principles you stress is the focus on AI being ethical and humane in its interactions. Why is this important to you? Because actually the the philosophy is easy. Why, Why we are using computer? Because it helps us. Like why we use car? Because they are fast and it helps us. That's it. So we are working for the, I mean, greater good of humanity. So why we use AR? Because it helps us. It will help us actually. So because it can process, you know, vast amount of data and, you know, in milliseconds and helps you to just decide or do something. But again, the human will do this. So I, th- I think the, the thing is the, the users are human and the the, 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 the behavior that we, are, we try to understand is the human behavior. So the companies can make their offers better for this person or their product for the specific uh, groups or specific person as well. So that's why it is, I mean, we are, we are developing 
mean, the AI is for humanity, for our greater good, and, and we will use it. That's it. But we need to be very careful and cautious about what we give as an input to the system. So, you know, we live in this in this the whole environment. So what our machine learning algorithm does is just mimic what is going on here. Nothing more, actually. Nothing. No. It doesn't invent something totally different. If we discriminate people, it also discriminates people. So we need to be very cautious about what we give to the system in order to prevent, you know, all the discriminations, you know, bad behaviors and everything. So, because it mimics our environment. So this is that. That's why we we. This is important for us. Since now, right now, we are edge of creating, you know, AI and machine learning, and creating a different world. So let's create it better than this environment. <laughs> let's make sure we do not extend our biases and prejudices into this new world. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. It is an important thing, of course, because that new world is extremely powerful and extremely opaque. We don't necessarily know how the decisions are made by the AI systems. And it looks like even with all the work with explainable AI, there still will be some parts that are based on pattern recognition that will stay opaque. And those parts needs to be cleaned from any bias uh, before we apply them. That makes perfect sense to me. What are the other important elements of Queen's culture? As a company, we are like, it's a, I think it's a nice, friendly environment to work with. There are no kind of bosses, no one decision makers, nothing. So we are, we are since we are a small team, I mean, we good to you know keep this pace because we we work together we are all friends and a nice working environment everybody has a voice in this environment and it's really appreciated when they give any kind of advice any ideas more than welcome actually and actually our challenge when company is growing our challenge is to find a way to keep this environment like alive so we would love to have an environment Who's, where our colleagues and also our friends, you know, everything has a voice, idea for the product, for the environment, for everything. So, and work, uh, and uh, we, we want to create an environment just they work happy with and they can actualize themselves what they are working. So, I mean, if you are working happy, it's not really mean that. You do what you want to do or actualize yourself. If uh, we can offer our colleagues to such an environment, it will be brilliant. <laughs> so our, sure. our, our biggest management challenge is this, actually. So we need to find a way to do this. I wonder how your experience of 20 years of working in different environments now l- guides you toward creating the environment you think the right one. Actually, for 20 years, I know what not to do. <laughs> I still don't have any idea what to do. So we need to find our ways together, all my colleagues. I see. At least you have a very good immunization from the methods that do not work. 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. How do you approach hiring new team members today? What do you look for when the candidate is good one or uh, what are the signs that the candidate is cleared and not a fit? You know, uh, for, the techni- for the technical part and for the other process, we, we are looking for a basic knowledge about, they have pretty much idea about what we are doing and what is the, you know, core of this thing. We are not expecting a huge knowledge about, you know, lots of things, but just this one. And, you know, we have some basic checks about this knowledge, actually. It's not, we are not really after a big thing, but we are searching for a person who really know the core of it, the essence of, of their subjects. That's it. So, and the most important thing is, you know, the, the cultural, they need, I mean, they should be willing to be a part of our culture, our environment. Because you, I know it's not a big company like Microsoft, but we have a, this small, you know, group of people has a culture. So they, they need to uh, just suitable for this culture and like the culture as well. And we would like them to be, we always, always say that open for communication if anything you know happens to them and any kind of ideas any problems they need to share all of us together so open communication is very important for us and if they are happy to work with this environment and you know express themselves easily so it is uh, we are they are more than welcome to work with us was there any case when you had a person who was a very strong technical skills had very strong technical skills but you decided against hiring them so why that happened in that case he was he was uh very bossy (laughs) and for our junior members and uh, we have lots of junior members and also university students working with us he wasn't like kind of acting like a teacher or kind of an you know, kind of a master-apprentice relationship. Uh, he was like a bossy one. You know, let's do this, do that, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, my God, this, he's bossy. So, yeah, we we just reject him. Work with him. He was, he was nice. Okay, I see. So being, having that mentorship mentality yeah, is definitely. what is important yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it's a it's a new team, and we need to teach you know the others, the the uh, the younger generation, the juniors, so they can how they work and their their skills that they they need to improve their skills. So we have to be willing to teach them those things. So it's a master apprentice relationship is really important for us as well. Makes sense. Shift into the future now. What are your long-term vision and aspiration for Queen? Actually, we want Queen stay as kind of minimalist, lean product who is really master about machine learning and and creates you know cool products actually around this. And we have thousands of ideas what we can you know plug in everywhere, and we develop a huge I mean nice. Machine learning and environment, actually, for uh, for companies for for people to use, actually. 
and also we, we we would like to we would like to make this the, the machine learning and all of this you know cloud technologies all of the cloud technologies approachable for everyone democratize machine learning and cloud data practices <laughs> with of course an ethical stand <laughs> this is an important addition and for the last question, let's talk about the evolution of AI. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but what do you look for or look forward to and what concerns you? Actually, I'm really optimistic about AI and machine learning. We, we do cool things and we, I mean, you know, the whole community, everyone around the world, the universities, sectors, the, the, uh, the people just work around this. And they, we, we develop a very, very cool systems, very cool things to do. And, you know, for 20 years ago, there, there, <laughs> there wasn't any cloud technology. And when I, when I did my masters, I, I, uh, I remember that I had a kind of desktop computer and I tried, tried to train a simple model there. And it takes like hours and days to do it. Uh, this kind of an, it looks like, I mean, it sounds like an ancient history, but 20 years ago, you know, when I was in my 20s. So right now, everything changed and very fast and very approachable right now. And we can develop cool things, good things for to use of everyone, actually. And so I'm really optimistic about those new technologies and the advancement in the technologies, especially in the life sciences as well which is, they, they do the great job, actually, very cool stuff. And, yeah, so we, we, we make benefit out of it, definitely, as a, it's all together. It's hard to observe the evolution of AI closely and not to get blown away by the new capabilities of the AI systems. That's for sure. Sounds good, Concha. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for inviting me. I like the conversation very much. Thank you for listening. You can sign up for Queen AI on their website. You can also follow Gonchi on LinkedIn. Queen is growing and hiring for multiple roles in data science, machine learning, and other engineering positions. Make sure to check them out. The links will be in the show notes.